Hey, Andrew. Hey, Greg. Did you watch Neon Genesis Evangelion episodes 9, 10, 11, and 12? Uh, I just watched 9, 10, and 12. Yeah, no, I watched, I watched all of them. All right. Do you want to talk about them? <sighs> yeah, if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. So this is the third one of these we've we've done. We are going to keep doing them until we run out of Evangelion shows to watch. Um, we hope you are watching along with us. Otherwise, these episodes are not going to be super duper interesting. Um, you can watch it on Netflix. We're spoiling it. Let's go. All right. Episode nine. Mind uh, matching moment. Sure. Um, that's a hell of a title. So, um, can I read so, you my first note? Yeah, go ahead. It just says Oscar dot, dot, dot. Look, that's going to be your first note for the rest <laughs> of this series. So buckle up. And then my second note is Ryoji dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Hold that thought. Yeah. So this episode opens with, um, Shinji's classmates, like, taking a bunch of creep shots of Asuka and apparently selling them. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, <laughs> and the show is kind of like, huh, that's funny. I'm like, oh boy, uh, that was a sign of things to come in our world. Yes. Um, but we get a little bit of a sense of Asuka's now kind of this queen bee at school and all the boys want her and all the girls hate her. Um, but she has a bit of a weird complex about Ray, even though, you know, it seems like she's at the top of the pecking order, um, socially at school. Um, she still has this weird rivalry, rivalry, rivalry. Okay. I can talk. I can do this. You got it, dude. I believe Rivalry in with Ray. And speaking of rivalries, um, we immediately cut away to a setup with, um, uh, Ritsuko Kaji, or his, his Ryoji's his first name, Kaji's his last name, yeah, and Misato. And clearly, there is some kind of triangle there. Mm -hmm. So great. Now we have two love triangles in the show. Perfect. Yep. One of them taking place in high school. Yes, this is exactly what we wanted out of a giant robot fighting show. Yep. But hey, <laughs> just in time, a new angel shows up. Um, just when things were starting to get a little too relationshipy, a new angel shows up and um, uh, Asuka and Shinji rush into battle. Asuka's talking a bunch of shit about how she's the best pilot and she doesn't even need Shinji around. She's going to go show this angel what for. So she rushes in, uh, appears to wipe it out in one blow before it splits and turns into two angels. And... Um, we flash forward to the future when we're back in Conversationville. I, this is frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just like last time, I was like, really? Like we're gonna skip another fight midway through this show? I mean, I like, yeah. I enjoyed that the the clip of them post fight is just both both Eva's just like <laughs> upside down in the ground yes. or in the water, and. I was just I was like, come on, like, I just want to see some robots fighting some weird ass monsters. Nope. But nope. I'm glad, but I'm glad they didn't cliffhanger it again, because I was looking at the time and I was like, great, another episode where we get right up to the Eva showing up and then we wait to the next episode to resolve it, which yeah. we kind of did, but at least we had a, a fight of some kind. Yeah, we do get there. Um, and not to skip ahead, but I actually think this was pretty good as fight scenes go, but we'll get there. Um... 
So I, I do, I did think that the kind of after action report was kind of funny. Um, uh, I really liked the kind of the cartoonish nature of, yeah, they're just completely face down, like completely vertical, mm-hmm. you know, like universal sign of got, got your ass kicked. Um, and then the scene of like them floating, uh, unit one out of the lake on this like giant inner tube, like yeah. just some kind of, you know, good comedy. And then Asuka and Shinji, like having this big fight. Um, and he's like, so sincere of like, you really screwed this up cause you were so cocky. And she's like, well, I'm great and you shouldn't have gotten in the way. And like, it was just like kind of, you know, fun, funny, Typ- typical young person, cartoon anime stuff. Yeah. I, I did like the, like Misato's being like, you guys got to like, stop leaving these Eva's like in states of disrepair. Billion dollar robots lying <laughs> yeah. in the lake. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was, it was a nice little kind of, um, lampshade hanging moment where the, the adults are like, this is stupid. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I'm glad they're saying that because the adults' reaction to some things in the show are very confusing at points. Yes. Um. So it's decided that somehow because this thing now it's two cores, the only way to beat it will be for Shinji and Asuka to be like perfectly synchronized. Some somehow. Sure. For some reason. Um. And the way for them to be perfectly synchronized is through some kind of dance routine. Which, and also living together. Yes. Seems weirdly arbitrary um, that they have to live together and learn this dance routine. And um, so they go through this dance training process and there's all kinds of goofy like training montage stuff. Um, but right before the night before the big fight, for some reason, Misato has to like go somewhere. So she leaves these two horny teenagers home alone, mm-hmm. which seems like a miss, <laughs> but also maybe it was intentional. It's a little unclear what's going yeah. on there. I don't get the vibe that Misato gives a shit if they, if they bone and anything, I kind of get the vibe. She's going to be like, yeah, do it. And I might yeah. want to watch. Like no, she I'm thinks, just, I had that last part, but <laughs> well, it's weird because there are some weird, like it's evident that there are some like psyops going on. The Misato is kind of manipulating these kids a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this idea that she just has to like go run some errand, the night before a potentially world-altering battle seems a little strange. Yeah. But also, there's all kinds of weird stuff of, like, when she sent Shinji to Ray's apartment to give her a key card. Yeah, that's like, true. Seems like a weird errand. But also, it's it's always unclear of, like, how much of this is just weird decision-making or, you know, they're manipulating these kids off the battlefield as well. It's tough to say. Yeah. Um. So, she leaves them home alone at night and... Asuka's playing some weird mind games with Shinji, but then like shows up in his bed and he's having some having some feelings about that. Yeah. Um, and thinks about making a move, but then he she starts talking in her sleep. She like says her mother's name or something like that, and he rightly decides maybe I shouldn't take advantage of this situation. <laughs> right. Um, and like a real gentleman goes and sleeps on the floor away from her. Yeah. So it's unclear. Like, does he decide not to make a move because he realizes that maybe she's a little bit more of a vulnerable kid than she was letting on? Or was it something about the fact that it was something involving mothers? Or was it the fact that he realized like, oh, this is 
she might genuinely be asleep. This isn't, you know, and like maybe sleepwalking. Maybe she isn't, you know, making a move. Yeah. Unclear exactly what's going through his head. But anyway, um, now it's the next day. They have their big fight scene, their big choreographed fight, um, which I, I actually didn't mind. Um, I thought it was kind of well presented along with the music. And um, yeah, it was weird, but it was it was fine. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was not executed exactly perfectly, but, you know, I'm a sucker for like a fight scene that's synchronized to some classical for some reason. <laughs> um, worked maybe a little too anime in the way that it ends with this big like heel to heel flying kick. Yeah. Um, but this is anime. It is. And it's going to be anime from time to time. Although, can we go back for a second? Sure. That the that the pre like this that they nuked an angel like they nuked this angel and it didn't kill it right oh yeah it just like uh disabled it for a little while right it, um, which conveniently enabled the kids to have their little bonding time. yeah this is a trend through these four episodes that i i want to come back to but the mechanics of the angels is starting to grate me and okay. i know they're like weird alien creatures of some kind Maybe not quite alien, since they're, as we learned, 99% human. But, you know, weird whatever creatures. And there are some cool-looking angels in these four episodes. Um, Less about how the angels work and more about how the people react to them. Like, what works when is just very, like, inconsistent. Yeah. And so it's like, well, they nuked one and that kind of worked, but it seems like the other nukes don't do anything at different points. Then sometimes the gun works, but sometimes, other times the guns don't do anything. Then they have the whole military there where they're all talking about, like, our capacity has gone up, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but the, the, that doesn't seem to ever do anything to any of them. Also, like, that nuke didn't really seem to have any, like, negative impact. So why don't you just nuke it? Like, but sometimes it doesn't work. I, I just find that a little bit confusing. So... I think the I think the idea is that they never know exactly what is going to be effective on any particular angel because they're all so different. Um, the only real things in common is the AT field, which is a force field slash other general magical thing. Yeah, we're going to have to come back to that then. Killing, killing the core kills it. So it kind of makes sense that they're just going to throw a bunch of shit at it at the beginning to either slow it down or like test out its capabilities. Um so, I guess I just mean that I, I like this. I know like these are short episodes and they're trying to get to the point, but I just wish I saw a little bit more of that, right? Like show me, don't tell me, like or have just some sort of stupid pseudoscience thing. Be like, oh, this angel's, you know, give them like a class rating or give them like a, oh, this one's an armored one, so the tanks won't work, or this one's got an anti, and what do they call them? N two mines, I think, of the nukes. Yeah. Um, like you know, it's got an anti N two. I don't know something like, or the AT field's particularly strong on this one, so we can't use this. And it's just like, just like not being sure why anything is working at any point is a little bit confusing. And sometimes they do do that, but I think that it might just be blowing past you because it's possible, yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say that none of it is is terribly coherent. It's just you know, like the glasses guy in the headquarters who, for some reason, I always think reminds me of Griffin Griffin McElroy and I don't know why but um like he'll say something like it's N2 field or it's it's AT field is at level 1000 or something and it's like none of it's very consistent or like fully but they generally try to throw some things out there about why a particular tactic is ineffective 
Right. It's all made up, but they are doing it a little bit, I'll say. But if you're not catching it, then they're not doing it well enough. Yeah. But we'll get there. I mean, there's some of these are we'll get there. But but yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was like interested. I the the fight didn't land for me as much for some reason. I expected like a cooler kind of I wanted some like fusion dance nonsense. No, but like I just it just didn't quite. It was just really short. Like I was like, I wanted a little bit yeah. more out of the fight to make it like they spent all this time doing it. And it was just like a 20 second musical number where they, yeah, fly and kick it to death at the end. And it's like, and we're done. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that seems yeah. like a lot of, you know, a big deal over nothing. But then again, it seems like increasingly this show's point is not about fighting giant monsters. Mm. Well, I will say that I, I think there's some, and especially having watched the rebuild movies, which are much more action heavy. Um, and watching the, the series for the third time, there were clearly budget constraints mm. that you notice if you know where to look. Like, there's a reason Gendo always has his hands crossed in front of his face. Is this the same goddamn still? Because <laughs> so they don't have to animate his mouth. And there's a lot of other scenes where they really go out of their way to like put a magazine in front of somebody's face mm. just as they start talking. Or they have a scene where like there's no animation in it. Just like yes. people talking and they're standing still. Right. In silhouette. <laughs> right. Um, so there were clearly and, you know, big action sequences are if you're trying to save money on animating mouths, man, I don't know. You know, you're not going to be able to do a lot of action sequences. Um, but generally speaking, it's not about the action. Right. As much. But um, so I did like how they spend the, they, they they start the episode with. Shinji and Asuka just like completely bickering. And then we spend the entire middle of the episode getting them synchronized and they're bonding and, you know, they're learning to work together. And then it ends with them just like just completely bickering again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was I thought that was cute. Um, um, but so I, I, early on when we were talking about this, I don't know if it was in the preview or if it was after the first couple episodes where you mentioned some Pacific Rim similarities. Yeah. How did you, you feel about, about that in this episode? Yeah, it's definitely like they, they, there's definitely some similarities there. I mean, I, I always really liked like that aspect of Pacific Rim, like that it just added a layer to it. That I thought was interesting. So it seems like there, there's something here maybe with, because when they're in those, the, um, plugs mm-hmm. I'm, getting, I'm getting the terminology down here slowly but surely <laughs> like they seem really weird like what they're doing in there and how they quote unquote what's the they're talking i think it was in this episode where they're training maybe it's not this episode maybe it's in i forget if it's this one or a different one but we're like they're tr- they're like doing an exercise where they're saying shinji's like i forget the the made-up terminology they're using but like his synchronization yes rate his synchronization like rate is like going up by eight a week or whatever and like it's still nowhere close to us but like but like that idea of synchronizing with things like that's very pacific grim to me and like really doubling it down on this episode um i just wish we were, were i wish we were like exploring a little bit more on like what that means and like how you get better at that and yeah which maybe it's still to come but yeah and it's always it's a little weird because it definitely seems like parts of the um piloting is like psychic or something right but then other parts of it like they're just using these joysticks but you know and like having to push really hard on the joystick to like make the knife go into the monster but there's no way they're doing like those really complex maneuvers with just those joysticks so i mean that's fine i don't really care 
Um, and it's clear that there is something about um, your ability to pilot the Ava is as much mental and emotional as it is like, you know, your quick reflexes and stuff. I mean, that was there in episode one where Shinji just like just couldn't get it together yeah. emotionally to pilot the thing. Right. Which, you know, which, like I said, definitely something that Pacific Rim lifted and the emotional state, the synchronization between the two pilots, like that whole thing is is important to to piloting those things too. So I um I just wish that we were getting a little bit more in places. Like, you know, we kind of had this like, in the first episode or two, they're kind of like clearly telling you there's something more to the Avas than just like giant yeah. robots. And like that hasn't been touched in seven episodes. It's just like, the show's only so long. Like, and maybe, like I said, maybe the payoff's there. I just feel like they're not, like we're not spending enough time forwarding some of the secondary plot lines or some of like the, not the lore, but just like the world building of like how these things work or why it matters or. No, you're, you're definitely not wrong. Um, I will say that these four episodes especially are really light on the world building, really light on moving the plot forward. Um, these are definitely much more character and relationship focused mm-hmm. um, than, you know, kind of the previous block of episodes, I guess. Um, um, yeah. It's kind of interesting looking at them in these little mini arcs, yeah. you know, because um, you kind of you get more of a sense of the rhythm of the show. And and yeah, these episodes especially feel a lot more kind of like high school anime, you know, relationships and they're getting better and learning to work as a team and, you know, learning new skills and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and it's very, you know, these episodes, especially these four are very monster of the week. Yeah. Um, which I don't mind that. Like that's no. a fine format. I, I guess what my complaint is that like, we keep adding mysteries to the story. Like we keep adding, like, we've got like the, the major mystery, like what are the angels? What caused the first impact? What it, you know, what, why are they attacking? Why are they only going after Tokyo three? Like, and then, but then you add like the individual character things like, what's Shinji's fucking deal? What's like, what, <laughs> what's, what, anyone's deal? Yeah, what's, what's his dad's deal? Like what's Ray's deal? What's like Asuka says, like, you know, my past then at some point and you're like, what's her, okay. Another one, what's her deal? We do get a little bit of Masato in this, which we'll get yep. to. Um, but you know, like, all right, well, clearly Ryoji and Masato have a relationship. Are we going to talk about that? Nope. Like, just like, we just keep adding things and then not like making any progress in any of them. Yeah. So I just feel like I'm juggling like 18 plot lines and I'm like, I'm like are we going to ever take any of these balls out of the air? Like, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> like the pacing is kind of strange. Like, which like, I'm okay with doing that if it, if it happens at some point, like I just, like if we get to episode 18 and they're all done, it's like, okay, cool. But like, if we get to, if it's like episode 18 and we're still doing everything, it's like, okay, I'm not confident we're going to tie up all these loose ends by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, you're, um, you're, like I said, you're definitely not wrong that, um, they have been, um, kind of just throwing some stuff out there and just letting it sit. Um, it's just very like, it, I think, I think we're used to it now. Cause like a lot of shows have gotten very, even more episodic shows have gotten more used to serializing their stuff. Right. Giving you little tidbits. We talk about this on our TV episode, right? Like giving you just enough in each episode to push the subplot or the secondary plot or the overarching plot forward where, you know, this came out at a different time and it wasn't as important or expected, I guess you could say. Um, I will say that the next block of episodes, uh, the 
the the pace does pick up a little bit. All um, right, I'm gonna and, call bullshit because you said that last time. <laughs> well, I you know. I think I said that last time in response to you feeling like you wanted a little bit more action. Mm, that's fair. Um, so, but in terms of like story development, world building, you know, dealing with some of the mysteries. Yeah, we get more, you'll get more of that in the next block. But let's talk about episode 10. Yeah, let's do it. The Magma Diver. Yeah. So this is kind of a short synopsis. Starts out with the trip to the mall. Asuka and uh, Ryoji are at the mall. Asuka is doing her like, I'm a real grown up. Um, look at this sexy bathing suit. Um, and then he basically reminds her that like, you know, I was alive before Second Impact. And <laughs> she's like, oh, that's right. I'm a tiny baby and you're a old man. Um, so then we there's some stuff about how they don't get to go on a class trip because they're child soldiers. Um uh, and they're at the pool. She's wearing her sexy new bathing suit. She's trying to flirt with Shinji, but he's kind of giving her the cold shoulder for whatever reason. Um, although Ray does catch his attention for some reason. Um, so clearly she's got some getting attention from guys is very important to her, but uh, to Asuka that is, but she's not really, not really getting it. But before we have time to unpack any of that, there's a baby angel in a volcano, and Gendo wants to go capture it. Um, they kill it instead in kind of a just visually difficult to watch. Yeah, I did not sequence. know what happened in that sequence. So like, well, they put the coolant and put it inside it, and then it just sort of dissolved. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, it's dead now. <laughs> um, like I said, going back to my like, I just don't know why why things die or don't die sometimes. Right, and, and why things die or don't die. Well, there's all this time about like, They've got this special, like, radiation suit for Unit 2 to wear when it goes down on this mission. Um, and the suit's, like, already buckling when it gets halfway down. But then, at the end, when she's about to fall into the volcano, Unit 1 just dives in and gets her. Yeah, and it's like, okay, he's fine. All right, okay, interesting. Guess, whatever, internal consistency, whatever. So then we have a little kind of epilogue scene at a hot spring. Oh, <sighs> Which is a classic, you know, um, teenage anime move. Um, just kind of upping Shinji's sexual confusion and isolation. Just making sure we're all clear about that. Um, <laughs> but also pointing out that Misato got some kind of wild scar during Second Impact. Right. And um, was was possibly sexually harassing Asuka in the bath. Yes. Um, definitely... A grown woman, um, you know, um, jokingly uh, fondling a 14-year-old girl. Is she 14 as well? Is she 14 as well? We're just making sure. Because she said she graduated college, but then she's also in their grade. I was a little confused by that. Yeah, I think she's just, you know, supposed to be a... A smarty pants? Yes. Okay, got it. But she's, I mean, she's in their class at school, so... Right, right. She's she's right in there. that was odd. And then, you know, Shinji gets boner, which is great. Hey, listen, just as, as, as helpful in reading anime conventions, when a male character gets a nosebleed, that means he has a boner. Well, what was the penguin getting upset about then? Because the penguin was right in front of his groin and then looked at him and looked at him weird. And then Shinji got all embarrassed. Well, I'm sure he got a boner. I just, oh, OK. They just didn't go with typical conventions. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no sense, because why would you get a nosebleed? There's less blood. Uh, never mind. It's not worth exploring. <laughs> 
why why do X's for eyes mean dead? I don't like in, 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 in Western stuff. I don't know. These things just happen. Why does Mickey Mouse wear gloves? Yeah. So this is something. The only real comment I had on this episode was I'm beginning to not like the trope of Misato just like, you know, Captain, the odds are point zero 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 one percent. Do it anyway. Why? Because I have a hunch. It's like, okay. <laughs> sure. I do think we unpack that a little bit more in the next episode, though. I get why. I get sort of why, but like, it just comes across really reckless. And then we're also supposed to be told that she's like really awesome. And it's just like, so either she is way smarter than everybody else, or like that entire organization is just inept. So I think, I think they stretch the Misato going with a hunch a little too far before they call her out for being reckless and give her a reason for being reckless in episode 11. Um, or no, episode 12. 12. Yeah. Um, I think that they stretch it because you're right. It does get to a point where it's like, okay, it doesn't really. Yeah, they stretch it too far. That's it. It's just like false, like kind of like false stakes, right? Like. There's no way it will succeed every single time. It's just like, okay. Right. Like, but also, and that's kind of an anime thing, but like... Well, and it's also a weird thing to just... To say, it's like, there's no... This is a... Each one of these angels is a black swan event. Like, we have no idea what we're dealing with. Right. There's no way to predict any of this. Like, where, what do you mean it has no chance? What else do we have, right? If we don't stop this thing, it initiates third impact. We all die. Um, Gotta do something. Right. This is the only idea we have. It yeah. seems weird that everyone's like, how dare you? You're so reckless. Like, yeah, it's like, well, what else are we going to do? Gonna do? <laughs> yeah. It's just like the way they're framing it, I think, is what's bothering me the most. But yeah, it's a little <clears throat> it's a little tropey in a way that doesn't really jive with yeah. the rest of it. Anyway, episode 11. So episode 11. Um, in the still darkness. <laughs> a little bit of a stunt episode. I generally don't like these in shows where they're just like, you know, like you know, like bottle episodes where it's oh, just like, yeah. you know, I don't, you know, and this was kind of that way where it's like, what if we took all the technology out and everybody has to rely on their wits to save the day? Um, I did think there were some interesting bits when they were like the support staff or like out at the laundromat and have to like kind of improvise everything and like to get back in and, you know, to kind of communicate with each other. I thought it was like some neat stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually like this episode a lot. Um, really? Yeah, I, I thought that even though it was like like a bucket episode, like a stunt episode, but they introduced some new things. We got the Magi. Yes. Uh, which is a, a brand new thing that at least not, I might have not caught it. I'll admit that. But this seems to be the first mention of these things in so far. Yeah, in this I show. think it's the first time they've really kind of given it um, a little more attention. It's been mentioned, but not. So we live in like a technoc- uh, tech, uh, uh, technocratic sort of thing where like three linked but independent robots make all the governmental decisions and like run the government effectively um i think they make recommendations well but they basically said that they call out in the episode that like so the parliament i forget what's called the assembly or whatever is just approving what they do and they're like yeah, yeah basically it's like okay yeah. that's interesting that's Robo- a cool idea yeah. i like that ai um you know what like i really liked the angel in this episode it's like fucking weird looking yeah and like the acid yeah, I also weeping acid. Yeah, it was oh, gross. Yeah. Like I acid. It was cool. Um, their solution to it was like, ah, this is actually a clever solution. Although once again, like why does the gun all of a sudden just instantly kill it? Who knows? No one knows. Um, 
the thing I I don't know why, but the scene where they're inside and they're like, oh, it's so fucking hot. Like, uh, like how do those guys up there like how are they handling it? And both their feet are just in buckets like these two like super stoic, yeah. super like mysterious characters. I like genuinely just like laugh really hard. I'm yeah. like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was just bad. caught me. Um, it just like the way it was cut it was like they just. They just are standing there quietly, and then one of them says lukewarm, and the other one says agreed, and it just cuts the scene. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Just like a really bizarre, like, set of filming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm also, this is the episode where I wrote my notes. I'm just ready for Ray to just, like, dump Asuka's book and shove her head in a toilet. Like, (laughs) because you get that point that at some point Ray's just going to snap and bust this girl's teeth in. Well, I will say, though, that in this episode, um, even though Asuka is like kind of being shitty the whole time, like, like I know the way in and Ray's like, no, I, I really know the way in though. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm weird and there's something going on with me and, you know, I have some weird connection to this place. Like I kind of know, but at the end, Asuka does actually get something right for once because it's her teamwork plan, um, that, you know, let, lets them defeat the angel. Yeah. And it's her teamwork plan that doesn't put her at the forefront. Yeah. So it's actually some growth for her. Um, yes, you're right. And it kind of thing, trying to plan it like she is a natural leader. She's got to get over herself a little bit. Yeah. And when it comes to like military thinking, you know, she's real good. Um, and then again, like she didn't make herself the vanguard. Um, she had good reasoning for it. So, um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't mind this episode so much. Again, I, I gen, generally don't like these kinds of episodes because I kind of feel like it's, especially in a serialized show, I feel like it's kind of stalling for time um, or making up for lost time when you want to do some character development, which mm-hmm. you didn't. So you're just going to lock some people in an elevator and have them talk about their problems. Well, it's like that, uh, which happens in this episode, kind of. Yeah. Um, it's like I always love the community episode where they do a bottle episode and since Abed's just like, you know, doing meta commentary, it's just like, I don't want to do a bottle episode. I hate bottle episodes. Like, it's just people in a room talking. I hate it. <laughs> and they do it anyway. Uh, that made me think of that as well because that's a, that's a classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm unclear, like, like, once again, just like balls in the air, just like, can we just get a little more information? Like, if, if you, if you want me to care about the Ryoji Masato Blonde scientist, so I can remember her number. Let's go. Let's go. Um, like, if you want me to care about that, you're going to have to give me a little bit more than just like awkward encounters. Yeah, because all of the interactions just feel very surfacey there. Like, you don't get a sense that they have any real like emotional history other than like they used to bone and, and now it's awkward sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like, did he do something? Like, I'm also not sure if like, because so far Ryoji's come across like, a slimy schmarmy dude. Yeah. And I'm not sure like, am I in oftentimes shows will use that as like a, a signal that like, not only is this guy a slimy douchebag, he's also evil. Like, and since we know he's working for Gendo in some sort of covert capacity, I'm unsure if that's telling me like, I should be skeptical of this guy or because the, all these sexual conventions are very foreign to me. Is this just like fine? Like, I don't really know what's going on in that space in this show. But yeah, no, I that, that I feel like it's not very clearly drawn here. Like what these characters mean to each other. Do they have like, 
you know, is there any real emotional connection between him and Ritsuko and Misato, or is this just some weird game they play together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I do enjoy is that Ryoji's the only person who seems to be able to get under Misato's skin at all. Yeah. Because before that, she was just, like, completely unflappable in an almost, like, caricature kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. Um, but I do also think that because you get do get the scenes where he's clearly, like, on the inside with Gendo, and he, he he does have a much different demeanor in those situations. So you do get the impression that when he's, you know, carousing with the women that he's got ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. But they aren't very clear. Right. And without knowing any more about the history, you, you don't know what to care about. Yeah. Uh, episode 12? Episode 12. A miracle's worth. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'll start this one. Go for it. We start off with an awesome flashback from the first impact. And we see impact and we see Misato's father save her in, I guess it was like a plug. More yeah, or some less, kind of escape, some pod. sort of escape pod. Uh, and it was a really cool scene. Yeah. Like, awesome. Like just colors and just like, he's all fucking like melding, he's saving her really well done right into a boob shot. And I was just like, God damn this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I get that they were trying to show her the scar to to show you it was her. Yeah. But it was just like while she's putting on her bra, I was like, awesome, thank you. <laughs> Needed that extra reminder about those boobs. Yeah, remind me of this like, you know, take me from this like, you know, childish character to oh no, now let's sexualize her instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the and the and the binding thing there between child and sexualized adult is physical trauma. Yeah, let's just put all that in a blender. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So um, so we get uh, a scene of kind of like the developing crew, which is, you know, Shinji, Asuka, Misato, the, the tenants of this weird apartment living situation, plus Shinji's two weirdo friends, per friends. And then a character who has no name named the class rep. And she's been mentioned at least five times in these four episodes. And they only call her the class rep. (laughs) So I do think, I do think that that is a thing in like Japanese high schools is that, you know, like when there is a, either there is an elected or chosen class representative, kind of like a class president. And I do think that it is like standard to refer to them by their title. Oh, okay. I kind of, I was picturing it like, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, British boarding schools will have, or schools will have like first boy or like prefect or whatever, you know, it's like, but I didn't think that they would like, everyone else is being called by their names, including like the military person who just got promoted. Yeah. Like they don't call her a captain or major, like they just call her Masato. And it's just like, but this person over here, she's class rep. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I, I, she does have a name, but I don't think we ever really hear it that much, at least in the, at least in the dubs. Yeah, it's just like, it was just funny to me, but um, it just seems like very stark. But anyway, so maybe you're right about that. The other thing that I liked about the scene um, was that, or not liked, but like just commentary. It's just like, this show picks some really, really strange camera angles sometimes. <laughs> for quote unquote camera angles, right? Yeah. Like in this scene, Shinji and Misato are talking and it's just like, basically it was like if someone put the camera like kind of at your belt, like you're sitting down and they put it like, behind and slightly like below your chair so you can mm-hmm. just see their backs and it's not like oftentimes we do these things to kind of like highlight the girl's boobs or like whatever 
but the, or like I thought like you're gonna see something happen behind their backs or something like when they put their arm around each other or something like that and there's like nothing happened so it could be to your earlier point Cosk's cutting measures but it's just like why like I just I was who's the guy who's like you know what I'm gonna draw this conversation from behind their backs kind of near their butt and it's like okay whatever but anyway so Misato was promoted because Gendo is away in Antarctica mm-hmm. doing cool stuff doing cool stuff fucking in a boat with all these like Old columns checking out where the first impact happened. Second impact. Sorry, second impact. Yes. Um, uh, and then, of course, what happens? An angel shows up. Good. And this one is a space angel. Yeah. Weird. Uh, yeah. And looked really cool. And weird. Yeah. It kind of looked like a fucked up Pokemon. I kind of liked it. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, it's like, like, <laughs> yeah. um, like very geometric and like, yeah. Um, the, the other one kind of did too, the acid one a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and this one's like was like a bomber. It was like dropping some sort of itself Bo- as bombs, bits of itself, yeah, yeah. Bits. and then it was going to effectively crash into Tokyo Three with its body and cause, I assume, a third impact or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, the, we we know that they're trying to break through into um, whatever is underneath Nerve Headquarters. Yeah, um, and I realized something in this episode. So anyway, I'll only finish. So. Uh, they decide that the best way to stop it is for the three Evas, which is the first time we've seen them in combat together. Mm. No, second time. Last time we saw them in the episode with the acid monster. Right. All right. Um, is to effectively quote unquote, use their AT fields to catch it. Yeah. Um, which is fine. And then one of them open, I guess, I think it's Asuka opens up, like uses her knife to cut through, I assume through the AT field and then stabs it in its, its crunchy bits. Yeah. Uh, a couple things here. I figured out one of the things that's been the most off-putting about the show okay. to me is that in times of intense crisis, no one seems to give a fuck. And it's very confusing. Like, they're talking about how, like, you know, Gendo's not here. Like, I know they're trying to beef up show Masato is just really capable and smart, which is cool. But they're basically like, like her and Risku. Risco? I'm going to uh-huh. get it. Risco. Risco. Are like sitting talking and like before the you know the operation's about to go down, they're just like calmly sipping tea, just like smiling and just like, yeah, so I guess we're about to die. Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay, cool. Just like no, like there just seems like they're just like not my immersion's a little bit ruffled from that. That's interesting. Um, like Sh- Sh- Shinji seems to care, he's about the only one. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, and and I think if you if you take it character by character, so. Shinji seems to care, and we get a sense in this episode of why we why he's starting to care. Um, we know that for Misato, like it's all about. We learn in this episode, like she wants revenge. Yeah, she wants to kill these things. So, and I forgot to mention about her kind of a strange relationship with her father. Yes, and the the conflict there because he did not treat her very well, and he was obsessed with. The science stuff and, you know, basically neglected her and then, but then eventually, you know, sacrificed him for her. Yes. Um, so, and that, of course, you know, Shinji hearing that sees the parallels with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, so she's out for revenge. So for her, all of this stuff is happening and she's like, you know, I don't look either. I kill this thing or it kills all of us. Um, either way, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I want to kill the thing. Um, Asuka wants to fight because that's what she's good at. And she says in this episode, she's got something to prove. So mm-hmm. she's excited to have more things to, 
prove Rey has no feelings or direction of her own other than what Gendo tells her to do. Ritsuko is still a little bit of a cipher, but um, as things go on, I think you'll see, you know, because they're all a little... They are a little, all a little flippant, but I also think in the context of the show, like these are all people who live in a world where 15 years ago, half the population died in a sci-fi accident. Yeah. Like they might just have a different general vibe than everybody else. You know, you've been living in a depopulated world. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I, I, I've noticed as I watch this show is that the show does a really good job in a subtle way of just showing you how empty the world is. Mm-hmm. Like all those shots of, you know, you see these exterior shots of the apartment building and there's only ever one light on. Right. There's only one balcony that has furniture on it. And um, you keep seeing these shots of just these tiny people in these big industrial or urban spaces. Mm -hmm. And it's very subtle, but you do get this sense of emptiness and how small everyone is and that is another interesting question of the psyops for the child soldiers is now two of them are living with misato in essentially an entirely vacant apartment building right right that's Um, interesting or at least it's implied well right 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 yeah i also this is just like more of my complaint kind of like a combination of a few of my complaints so far but there's a scene that was i was just like i literally like threw my headset down just like walked away (laughs) Um, there's a scene that happens where they're talking about like Misato and Risco are like, and they're in like the control room with all the red shirts talking about like how to have, how to solve this problem. And like Misato says her plan and, you know, Risco says like that has like a point zero 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 one percent of working. Who's doing this math? <laughs> That's one question. Um, and then literally the next scene they're like sitting down and having tea or whatever. And, and one of the characters goes, ask Masato who just was told that and says, so what are our chances? And she goes, only God can know. It's like, bitch, someone just told you this. this last scene. <laughs> like only God can know. And the scientist who told you two minutes. Ago. Also, also there is a number. It's not good. But then again, maybe she was, maybe she was like, I know the odds, but I don't want to tell my child soldiers. The right. Odds. Right. But it's just like, it just cracked me up. It's like, yeah. Oh God. Okay. Or, but, um, but then again, maybe that's also, that's her way of looking at it. It could be. Is yeah. that, you know, you know, Ritsuko has all the math. Whereas Misato is like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, never told me the odds. Right. Yeah. Which is like, I just feel like there's like, once again, I just feel like we just got to like pick a, pick a reaction. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Um, although I did notice something else in this episode was that, now that they've mentioned those magi and their importance in the previous episode, now they're like, oh, we got to make backups to the magi and evacuate them. It's like, uh-huh, okay. So they're starting to, like, talk up the importance of these things, which mm-hmm. I think is probably foreshadowing for something. But uh, last question in this episode, and I know you're not going to know, but, like, what the fuck is an AT field? <laughs> I might have to ask this every time we record until i understand i get that it's some sort of force field but mechanics of it just i i'm just so unclear on it. and they reference it so much that i feel like either i'm missing something really important or it, this just show is just bonkers um i do know what an at field is um i'm not going to tell you okay um but i don't think the answer is going to be satisfying <laughs> damn it <laughs> when you get it um 
the idea that it is just a vaguely defined force field, I will say you haven't missed anything important. Okay. It is a vaguely defined force field. Okay. Um, it just seems uh, like it's the, the, you know, I'm not sure what the right word is, but like MacGuffin's not right, but the, like the thing that is like drives everything, they, all their decisions is like, well, the AT field blank or well, their AT field blank. It's like, yes. okay. It's, the, it's, it's, it's the force. Like, um, Ava's and Angel's both generate very strong AT fields, which sometimes manifest as just a like traditional force field, but occasionally it can also manifest in other vaguely magical ways. Got it. Because like the, the the space angel like uses his AT field to like burn those satellites, and then yeah, okay. I'm just making sure I haven't missed some sort of crucial understanding no. of mechanics, which not that the show ever seems to pay is paying much attention to mechanics, but you could just you could just control F A T field and replace it with space magic and pretty much in the same spot. Got it. So it doesn't help that like it's vaguely invisible, so it's like sometimes they show it and sometimes they don't, and it's a little bit unclear like when it's like in effect or not. But yeah. Okay, cool. Um yeah, so but yeah, this episode was Besides, you know, some of like the the weirdness that I'm the tone of some of the characters, like not feeling the gravity. I thought this one was pretty cool. Shows Masato is a badass. We see that Gendo is still up to trying to find some weird shit. He finds Adam, right? Again? No, I make that up. You made that up. Um, what did he find in Antarctica? There's some very big thing that they had on the boat that was under wraps. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I wonder what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like this action scene, too, because I, I think that it's um, it's weird because most of it is just like running. Yeah. Running and jumping. But like it's animated so well. And these the Ava's move in such a cool way. You know, and I, I've said before, it's like it's it's very like athletic and like Olympian. Yeah. Very. Um, lift. It's it's and I, I you know, it's it's fun to watch and it's unusual. Um um, so this was cool. You just see them running to where they're trying to get to. And then they just have to like catch this thing. Um, and, um, I really like this episode, the, you know, all we're, we're hearing more about each of our characters kind of core motivations. Yeah. Um, you know, Misato is out for revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Asuka has something to prove and yeah, these things were all bubbling up. But, you know, now we're, we're making it clear and also now the characters are all recognizing it within each other. Right. I also forgot that Shinji at the beginning of the try to call his dad. Yeah. Who blew him off because, you know, our oh, mantra again is the worst, the worst also, anime and, dad. And he's, he's So first of all, like he calls his dad to like ask him to come to career day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's so heartbreaking. And yeah. He's like, yeah, no, Misato's in charge of your parental responsibilities, power outage. Um, but um, but then we we find out that, you know, when they're having their, you know, their, you know, big dinner of ramen um, because Ray's a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, uh, Shinji's just like, yeah, I think I'm doing this because I want I want my dad's approval. And you're like, you do you, buddy. I mean, and he, he kind of gets be it. self-aware on it. He kind of gets it. His dad tells him good job. Yeah. Um, was that this episode or the previous episode? No, that was this episode. Okay. And it comes across in the, you know, the audio transmission with the big, you know, audio only sign. Right. Just because like, you know, Gendo couldn't be bothered to FaceTime for this. But <laughs> so, you know, 
poor little Shinji so beaten down that even that he's like, yeah, now I'm inspired to fight space monsters. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I did it. In my insanity robot. <laughs> um, yeah, daddy issues the anime. Yeah, pretty much. Although that's um, sometimes redundant, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I liked the, I liked the, uh, I'm very, it's very much in my anime has to have characters like holding or pushing something and screaming a lot like yeah. from watching a lot of Dragon Ball Z I'm like yep. I get this I'm, I'm picking this one up like <laughs> uh, you're you're speaking my language now Evangelion yeah I'm like I get this one I get this one like you know like oh we like you know, how many times like I be funny to like tack up how many times like if you do like watch all of Dragon Ball Z and then like split apart characters doing a certain thing and then put it into like a bucket like and anal- you know analyzed it like how many times, how much time is spent with two characters firing energy energy beams at one another and they're like meeting in the middle and they're like pushing them back and forth or like holding energy beams back from one another? Like probably not an insignificant amount of time. Well, you know the reason for that, right? No. So and this might be made up, but um, in Dragon Ball Z, especially I think in like the Frieza arc, like there are just these episodes where like they're just charging up their power for like 20 minutes. Yeah. That was because they, they ran out of the magnet, right? Ma- well, the, magnet. yeah, that was the issue was that, um, they basically had to buy time in the anime, um, to match the release schedule of the manga so that they weren't getting ahead of each other. So they would just have to stall while he finished the next step. Yeah. No, know, I, or, I knew that about powering up. That's why I mean, like that yeah. probably be, if you're making a bar graph that, or like a, uh, pie chart that would be the biggest slice of the pie but then also like you know shooting energy beams back and forth and holding them back and um makes me think of did you ever play any of like the dragon ball z fighting games no no, oh, no. man that's surprising but you, you yeah like but games. i do you you would have these where like the projectiles would lock and you'd have to have like a button mash battle yeah there yeah. for a while the um in the one i forget which one of the fucking eight budokai games or whatever but one of them was you had to spin the joysticks oh my god we like gave ourselves blisters we <laughs> broke controllers we like rubbed through the like um whatever like the kind of rubbery material on a controller was back then like we burnt those things to the ground <laughs> trying to win those stupid ass projectile locked fights <laughs> so this i understand this i get <laughs> yes give me more of 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 pushing and screaming right this yeah the- that i understand uh, as opposed to like skipping the fight scene altogether. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just like weird, you know, ballet style. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I am like, I'm definitely more intrigued, even though some of the things are grading, at least it's like progress. Like, okay. Like Oscar. Oh, one thing I have to mention, like how crass Oscar is. She's just constantly telling, and she's really into the word balls. She's just like, Grow some balls. We're going balls to the wall. You don't have any balls. I'm like, why is this girl so obsessed with balls? Like, <laughs> she just references it constantly. <laughs> and just like her weird, just like her own weird sexual hangups of like, clearly she likes to be the center of sexual tension, but also is like constantly calling people out for being pervs or looking at her or, you know, kind of announcing opportunities for people to do things like I'm changing in here. Don't come in. You bunch of pervs. But, like, I came in this room in the closet for a reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, her weird yeah. sort of uh, back and forth on that. It's just, like, it's a very weird character that I'm starting yeah. to get used to. Because before I was like, oh, this is going to be painful. Uh, and it is still a little painful. But I hope that we get a little more development out of her. Because I was kind of like, oh, cool, two more characters. I think this show needs a couple more characters. And, yeah. I, when I, and then when I saw, you know, adding Asuka and Ryoji, I was just like, oh, no, but not these characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... 
and it's taken me a couple watches to kind of get Asuka more, but I think it's this, I think part of it, she likes to be the center of attention and she likes to be in control of, um, you know, how, um, you know, how, how people are looking at her and how people are viewing her. And if they're not paying attention to her, she's going to, you know, she's going to tease them sexually to, you know, to like get that attention mm-hmm. because now she's, now she's in control of that, right? She's, she's bringing that attention in. She's in charge of it. Um, but when she's getting that attention, um, you know, coming from someone else, um, then she says, you know, you know, stop, you know, cause now she's in control of it again. Right. Mm-hmm. She's telling, she's always in charge of, when she's sexualized and when she isn't, um, because I think she likes being in control. She likes being the center of attention. She likes being in charge. I um, mean, this is just a one manifestation of, of that. And it's annoying and it's clumsy because she's also a dumb teenager. Mm-hmm. But she's realized that she has this power over men to either um, arouse or embarrass them. And as long as she's getting some kind of reaction that puts her at the center of attention, she's happy. So she's always just going to be pulling whichever lever is going to, you know, get her the attention she wants. Obviously, without letting anyone get too close to her because she has no idea what to do in that scenario. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I hope that she can get over it at some point. (laughs) Um, But if wishes were, yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. So, uh, okay. well, all in all. Some definitely each episode was a little different, which was good. I yeah. was, I'm, I mean, they still follow a similar pattern of like, you know, doing something. Angel shows up. We don't know what to do. We know what to do. Angel defeated, which is not an atypical pattern for most media. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, just a little more obvious in a 20 minute anime show. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that in we're now kind of at the halfway point. Pretty much. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what happens on the on the back nine. Yeah, so we that was a golf reference in case you didn't know. A golf reference? Yeah, like like you know, eighteen horse they call or eighteen hole yeah, golf the course. Eighteen horses. Eighteen horses. You got <laughs> so it. Play a, play a good eighteen horses. <laughs> I bet at some point people played. I bet at some point golf and like uh, polo were like the same sport, and they pulled them apart, kind of like rugby and soccer were the same sport. So they pulled them apart. <laughs> That's all my sport knowledge. See, I'll be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now um, I think we're actually going to do for the next block. Um, I think we're actually going to do five episodes because episode 14 is kind of a clip show, kind of a recap. Oh, um, it's fine, actually, because actually it's 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 really only like halfway a clip show. And most of the clips are for action sequences. Oh, okay. So, um, and it does kind of help to really at the halfway point of the of the show kind of recap and set the stage for the back half. So it's fine. But, um, so I think we'll do uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. 13, 16, and 17. Okay. Yes. Um, just because again, yeah, episode 14 is a little light, so there you know, we won't have much to much to talk about. Okay. Um, and we'll have a little bit extra time before we have a chance to talk about it because I'm having my uh vocal cord surgery next week, week, which means I won't be able to talk to anybody for about seven days, um, about anything, um, Evangelion or otherwise. Um, 
And then sadly sounds so different. Well, sadly, no, I'm probably going to sound the same for months because, uh, you know, it's it's the body and it has to heal. They're going to take the lesion out, but then it has to, you know, recover and get it. So it's just going to be the reverse process of the last year of my voice slowly degrading into this ragged mess you hear now. Um, we'll be ramping back up from ragged mess to normal over the course of three to six months. Oh, yeah, it's going to be rough. You picked a good career in podcasting, though. Career. Good. Yeah, good choice of words. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I you can tell your voice is raspy, but it, to me, it just sounds like, you know, kind of hunky. It's just like, oh, he's like smoked some cigarettes or something. And, you know, now he's got a weird rasp to it. Like you're like a, you know, like a from like Western or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess it does have some more character to it now. But um it is a pain in the ass because you <laughs> never know. It's like being in puberty where, like, you never know if your voice is going to work when you open your mouth. Yeah. So a lot of times, like, I'll be just, like, walking down the hallway at work and somebody will say, hey, how's it going? And I will try to speak, but all they'll come out and be like, <laughs> like, and then I, like, have to cough and clear my voice. And now they're, like, 10 yards away behind me and I've just made a fool of myself. Bye. Just like, <laughs> like you got to shout, I'm sorry, I meant to say hello, but my voice is weird. Um, or, you know, all those other weird little interactions you try to have with somebody and yeah. Are people at work aware of your condition? Um, if I've mentioned it to them, um, then they're like, Oh, now that you mention it, I have noticed, Gotcha. but you know, I mean like it's big, it's been slowly getting worse for a year. So, you know, it's, it's, are people going to notice but unless I pointed out, but, and then no more black metal for you. Well, See what the doctor says. <laughs> or maybe you have to learn how to do it appropriately, Greg. If you're going to screech like Isan. Yeah, that maybe that's what I have to do. I have to watch some of those YouTube videos about how to do it and not kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> so um, thanks for tuning in to this episode. We will be back with episodes 13 through 17 um, when I uh, am cleared to communicate again. Um, but until then, keep, keep watching the show and then stay off Wikipedia. I've been doing pretty good. I haven't looked at anything. Good. Good, good, good. Just all in. So you do crowd. We still got to come up with our name for, um, our fans, man. It's got to happen at some point. Um, I mean, I think, I think we just, there's only, how many of them are there? Can we just call them by <laughs> their names? Realinators? <laughs> mm. I mean, you know, it's like Mike, Joe. Realternators? Mm, I think it. on it. I'll think Stop on it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one. It's gonna stick. Think real hard. Take your time. All right. I'll really? take a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sorry, buddy. Okay. Well, good luck. Yeah. See you on the other side. See ya.